Hi, friends. Welcome to another episode of That Sounds Fun. I'm your host, Annie F. Downs. I'm really happy to be here with you today. We have a great show in store. Y'all, Advent starts in 20 days. The countdown is on to one of my favorite seasons of the year. I'm so excited. I can't wait to see what God has in store for us during our Advent series. I hope you'll join in. You can go to AnnieFDowns.com slash Advent for all the details. And also, if you're subscribed to the podcast, episodes will show up for you every day of Advent. So it's going to be so fun. Before we dive into today's conversation, I want to tell you about one of our amazing partners, Athletic Greens. So your jet-lagged friend AFD over here would like to make sure you know that in addition to a ton of other amazing benefits that I will tell you about in a second, Athletic Greens supports better sleep quality, mental clarity, alertness, and for that, it gets my vote. Wait, what is Athletic Greens exactly? Well, it's a powder that you mix into really cold water and just one delicious scoop delivers 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, and your immune system. And we already talked about how it helps with your energy, your recovery, and your focus. Yes, please. Tons of people take some kind of multivitamin, and it's important to choose one with high-quality ingredients that your body will actually absorb. This is one thing you can do every single day to be a really good friend to yourself. And your subscription comes with a year's supply of vitamin D, which is so important to add in, especially now that the time changes means we don't get as much sunlight. Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. 7,000, you guys. And I love this. For every purchase, they donate to organizations that help provide nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition, especially heading into the flu and cold season. It's just one scoop and a cup of really cold water every day. That is it. No need for a million different pills and supplements to look out for your health. So to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash soundsfun. Again, that's athleticgreens.com slash soundsfun to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. And if you're not sure you got that whole URL, it's okay. We've got you all the links to our sponsors, the transcript of the show, and even a place for you to sign up to get the email from me every Friday, the AFD Weekend Review. All those links are in the show notes. So today, here we are right at the start of the midterm elections. And so I wanted to talk with pastor, author, leadership expert, Andy Stanley. He's a hometown friend of mine. Andy founded the Atlanta-based North Point Ministries in 1995. And today, North Point has eight churches in the Atlanta area and a network of 180 churches around the globe. And he's written over 20 books. You heard that, 20. And he communicates through sermons and podcasts all over the world. His latest book is why he is here. It's why I was really, really thankful he agreed to come on the show. It's called Not In It to Win It, Why Choosing Sides Sidelines the Church. And y'all, it is so good. It's why I invited him to be on with us today. It's because with the midterm elections going on, I just wanted us to talk about this profound wisdom that he has and some things for us to consider. He's brilliant and funny, and I know this episode is going to give us some things to think about. And I want to say up front what Andy and I say in the show, please vote. It is one of the things we get to do as Americans. It's one of the things we get to do as women that even our grandmothers and great-grandmothers may not have gotten to do. We get to vote. And you're going to hear Andy say this, but we can use our Christ-centered conscience to vote well. And so I hope you will vote. I hope you will vote. It It's how we get to make a difference, you guys. So here is my conversation all about this, about the elections, about Republicans and Democrats and the church. We're going there, you guys. Here's my conversation with Pastor Andy Stanley. Andy Stanley, welcome to That Sounds Fun. I'm so honored to have you here. Thanks for joining us. Well, Andy, thanks for having me. And thanks for your investment in our organization through the years. It's, wow. been, it's been huge. So I feel like we're related through ministry and through communication and a lot of other things. And as you know, you are one of my daughter's favorite people. <laughs> so the fact that you invited me on your podcast, I went up a few notches in the eyes of my daughter, which is a win. So thank you. Well, I will tell you when my dad listens to this today, the same will happen because I, I mean, I may get teary saying this to you, but I don't know that there's been a man of God who has shaped my dad's life more than you. And I'm such a, um, my life is better 
because of how you've spoken into my dad's life. And so mm. we're just family and back and forth between the two of us. There you go. I'm really, yep. really grateful. Um, okay, so we intentionally had you on this week because of your latest book, Not In It to Win It. So we're just going to go there for a little bit, if that's okay with you. Let's just really talk yeah. about it. I mean, I, from the beginning of the book, you talk about, this isn't a book you wanted to write. You didn't want to write about political division and where that meets the church. But if there is one thing that we are watching constantly, it is the church and politics colliding, it yep. feels like. So why'd yep. you have to write it? Well, I mean, this sounds like something an author or a pastor would say, but it's absolutely true. Sandra and I were working her just begin work on a parenting book that actually comes yes. out in January. And I said, darling, I, I hate to do this and I hate to interrupt, but I have been so disturbed by the response of the church to everything that's happened from the end of 19 to 2019, you know, to 2021. I just multiple things that we've all experienced together. And. Um, we have, you know, several, you, you know, this because you've participated. We have campuses all over the city of Atlanta. Mm-hmm. So we are, whatever political view somebody holds, they are in one of our churches yeah. in the city of Atlanta. And, of course, the things that have happened culturally have impacted the city of Atlanta. So we're in the middle of this. And even though I lean, I'm very conservative politically. But the two of us and most of your listeners, we have a king Yes. We have a permanent king that, you know, as children, we committed and surrendered our life to. And I have just lost my mind over watching Christians or supposedly Christians, um, you know, devalue the king in support of a political candidate. I don't care who it is, a party. I don't care which one yeah. it is. And to diminish the value of our king and try to, you know, drape Jesus and whatever yeah. political, the robes, what a political party they're a part of. And because of where I live and where some of our churches are, we attract lots of Republicans. Um, one of our churches is in a county that's 85% Republican. So situated there, I felt like it was my responsibility to say to people on the right, hey, you know, we you you can get to choose whether or not you follow Jesus, but you don't get to choose what following Jesus looks like, sounds yes. like, acts like, and most importantly, you don't get to choose what following Jesus reacts like because yes. it has been prescribed to us. Yes. So I just felt like, you know what, I just want to speak into this. And uh, so as a result, not in it to win it. And these were things I had been saying to our churches all yes. along throughout all this chaos. So when the book came out, I got up in front of our church and I said, hey, I've written this book, not in it to win it. You don't need to buy it. You've heard all of this before. <laughs> I just wanted to say to the world what we've been talking about for two and a half years yeah. or you know, two years. So anyway, that's sort of the background. One of the things you talk about a lot in the book, you just repeatedly call our country a young country. And, and I'm interested in that because is what's happening between politics and religion happening globally? Or is this like a unique American thing we've decided to do in the last decade? Well, great question. Here's what's happening globally. Not that I, anybody died and left me in charge of, uh, you know, disseminating what's happening globally. But here's my opinion. It's not so much politics and religion in the rest of the world. In the rest of the world, it's, if I can get in your screen, it's yeah. the two extremes who have abandoned the middle. So all over the world, whether it's religious, mm. po- political, a mix of religious and political, the the extreme, the call to the extremes, which is so unhealthy, you yes. never solve a problem in the extreme, any problem. Yes. You can raise a lot of money there. You can get a lot of followers there, but you never solve a problem there. Mm-hmm. Because, again, the further away anyone is from a problem, the simpler the solution appears to be. The further away anyone is from a problem, the simpler the solution appears to be. So when people run to their far left or far right, they look at the problems and go, oh, the solutions are simple if everybody would just see the world the way I do, which is 100% of the time wrong. Right. So in the United <laughs> States, it is politics and religion. But in the rest of the world, it's simply people have evacuated the middle to run to their extremes. And so what we sense and the tension we feel here it is felt all over the world, especially in the West, where there is, by the way, the freedom to even have this tension, Thank which you. is something else right. we forget. Yes. We are privileged. We are so privileged to be able to complain. We are so privileged to be able to publicly and verbally express our views. Mm-hmm. And again, that's because a long time ago, some people met in the middle and said, hey, let's create free speech. Yeah. The question is, will we be good stewards mm-hmm. of this extraordinary freedom? And back to the point of the book. Christians should lead 
the way because yes. the way forward relationally and culturally has been modeled and prescribed to us through the message and uh, teaching of Jesus. And even right now, we can see politically how privileged we are because the women in Iran are not getting to say. I mean, when they're Thank they're, you. they're being right. killed for saying what I'm allowed to say on Twitter publicly, if I so choose. For taking their hats off, yes, so to speak. Yes, I mean, yes. it's, 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 and again, to squander or to be bad stewards of our freedoms as Americans, shame on us. Right, so. right. We'll have to show our friends this. But I, I mean, I have got 50 sticky notes and not in it to win it for us of certain things I wanted us to talk and it's about. A sh- and it's a short book. It's a short book. <laughs> <laughs> it is. I mean, and you have 50 sticky notes. Yeah. There is a lot here, Andy, that is so helpful. I, I, so I'd like to just bring up some topics and read, especially as we're at midterms, as the end of midterms mm-hmm. are the launch of presidential political stuff that honestly nobody wants to have happen (laughs) none of us want this especially public people we don't want i i hate this i hate what it does to us but you wrote it's difficult to take a christ-like stand when pressured to choose a political side why is that why because democrats there are democrats who would say this is what jesus would do and there are republicans who would say this is what jesus would do exactly And I have said to our church over and over, and I just got another email from a couple who has been with us since day one. They are charter members who are upset with me and are leaving the church over Mm. this very issue because— I'm sorry. For some reason—and I guess this is on me if they've been listening to me preach all these years and they're they're still stuck on this. There seems to be no understanding—and this is how I pitched it recently. Think about this. When Jesus showed up on planet Earth and began teaching, he disagreed— with every single person he ever met about most things. Yes. And yet somehow he was able to lean in and they leaned in. So there is a way to disagree politically and to love unconditionally because if we follow Jesus, everyone pretty much disagreed with him about everything. And yet somehow he connected with them, not theologically, not even philosophically, he connected with them relationally in such Mm -hmm. a way that they followed him. And after Mm -hmm. the resurrection, re-followed him because suddenly uh, their eyes were open to the reality Mm -hmm. and the truth of what he taught. So there is a way forward. And when people say, but how can we have a relationship with the Democrats? You know, they're this. And how can we have a relationship with Republicans? I'm like, wait, we're Christians. We should be experts. And if Mm -hmm. someone's sin causes you to stiff arm them, you're not following Jesus because if that had been Jesus' posture, he would have never come into the world to begin with. If I say, you know, if guilt by association, you know, had been a sticking point for Jesus, he would have never showed up. So we should be so good at this. And yet we've run to our corners and on the Republican side of things. And again, it's it's the group I'm surrounded with and I just so dismayed by, you know, and I talk about this in the book, you know, my extreme Republican friends, and I have fewer and fewer of them because they think I've sold out, are absolutely convinced that most Democrats are going to hell. And at the same time, they want to create churches where Democrats aren't welcome. I'm like, what? So in the book, I say to pastors, hey, if you've politicized your church, either side, if you politicize your church, you are not participating in the Great Commission. You are not following Jesus. I'm not even sure you're a church anymore. And Mm. I know that's kind of, you know, harsh, but. No, I like that take. I I mark this. The church or church leader who publicly aligns with a political party has relinquished their ability to make disciples of half of their own nation. I mean, that is, I I am not a church leader, and this is not a church, this podcast, but I recognize if I take really hard takes on things publicly, I can lose half of the friends who trust me. Well, you lose your influence. Yes, and why we should never give up influence unnecessarily, ever. Right. To make a point at the expense of making a difference is a yes. foolish decision. And yes. I've seen too many church leaders so run to the left or the right that they've basically stiff-armed half the country and then say, oh, you know, no, we're concerned about unchurched people and people who are far from God. I'm like, no, you're not. You just right. ran them all off. So right. anyway. Right. So for all of, I mean, everybody listening has a public platform because they all have Instagram, right? Or they all have Twitter. So Yeah, everybody has a microphone. Yeah. That's right. So how do we stay true to what we believe? Because I, I can hear people saying back to us, but I, I stand on these four things. 
or whatever they are, right? Mm -hmm. And I, I'm going to mm -hmm. talk about them publicly because I'm not going to compromise. That seems to be right. the pushback of if you don't take a stand in one way or the other, you're actually compromising versus what you're teaching of the way of Jesus is to lead relationally, not lead politically. So how do we do that? How do we, yeah. how do we hold on to what we're convicted by but not polarize our friends? Every good parent understands this. Because every good parent understands if you want to influence your child, approach is everything. Mm. The wrong approach with the right idea, you end up with the wrong results, right? Wow. Any married person understands this. You're driving home <laughs> thinking about, I got to have a hard conversation with my husband sure. or wife. And what are, you, what are you obsessing over? Not what you need to say. You're obsessing over the approach. Right. And here's the thing. And this is, this is the message in the ministry of Jesus. We adjust our approach because we care. Wow. So the minute someone tells me, well, I've got these strong convictions and I need to stand up and speak my mind and I don't really care what people say or how people respond. My response to them is, you know what? You don't really care mm. because if you really cared about this other person, you would adjust your approach so you don't burn a bridge in the process of making your point. Just follow Jesus through the Gospels. Yes. This is what he does. This is the way forward. And this should be the tone and approach of the church. Mm -hmm. The tone of the church should, to the best of our ability, reflect the tone and the posture and the approach of Jesus. Did Jesus have strong convictions? Of course he did. Yes. He was the son of God. And Jesus could have shown up on day one and said, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, you're wrong, and here's why you're wrong. I'm done. I'm out of here. But he came to make a difference, not simply make a point. And every Christian appreciates that. Mm -hmm. And we can do this. And again, the Apostle Paul comes along and teases out the teaching of Jesus for Gentiles. And he says, and this is maybe this is the kind of the crux of the matter. He says, I want you to carry one another's burdens. Mm -hmm. I want you to carry one another's burdens. You can't carry one another's burdens from a distance, and I want you to carry one another's burdens whether you agree with one another or not, because here's wow. what everybody listening knows. When I move in your direction to carry your burden, regardless of your religious or political or philosophical persuasion, when I move in your direction to carry your burden, I will have an oh moment. Oh, so yes. that's why. Oh, so that's why you believe that. Yes. Oh, so that's why you feel that way. Oh, so you're not an idiot. Oh, so you don't suffer from a lack of IQ. Right. Oh, our life experiences are different. Yes. Wow. If I had grown up there, if I had experienced that, I would believe and feel the same. Oh, well, it's the own moments that bring us together. And it's not a matter of compromising our convictions or even changing what we believe. But it's that recognition that reflects the recognition of Jesus again, mm -hmm. who was nothing like anyone he met, and yet they liked him yes. because they sensed that he loved them. We can do this. It is the way forward. We don't have to be afraid. It's not about compromising. It's not about giving up something. But the person, and, and, and Annie, you could speak to this because we both experienced this. The men and women on the left or the right who have their hobby horse convictions and things, political talking points, most of the time, or oftentimes, their personal lives have not even been impacted by some of those issues. They're just easy issues to talk yes. about because it's not their sin. Yes. It's not their temptation. It's not their life experience. Right. So it's easy to throw stones. This is the woman caught in adultery. I mean, she's guilty, right? Mm -hmm. She's guilty. Mm -hmm. And they bring her to Jesus and say, we got you, you know, because yeah. this isn't our sin. This is her sin. He's like, yeah, well, all right. You don't have to be guilty of her sin, but those of you with no sin, you, you, you throw the first stone, yes. right? And the oldest people left first because they're like, guilty. I love that detail. So I love that detail. We can do this. Yes. We can do this. And then Jesus doesn't let her off the hook. He says, leave your life of sin. And mm -hmm. why does she listen to him? Because she knew he was for her. Yes. So we should, this should be easy for Christians. And this isn't about giving up political views or changing our convictions. So anyway. Yeah. 
Hey, friends, just interrupting this conversation real quick to share about one of our amazing partners, Brooklyn. And I always try to bridge you to people and products that are going to make your life better and more fun. And I'll tell you what sounds fun to me heading into the holiday season is finding great gifts for all the people on my list. If you're looking for thoughtful, quality presents for your people this season, look no further than Brooklyn. And everything is cozy, curated, and sure to be a hit with everyone on your list. In fact, everyone at Downs Books got a Brooklinen robe last year because I loved mine so much. That was the gift to everybody. Brooklinen's thoughtful assortments of home essentials make your space a soft place to land with bedding, decor, and so much more to keep comfort as close as you like. They deliver high-quality, beautiful home essentials by partnering with top-caliber manufacturing partners and using only the highest-grade materials. The result is durable, better-with-every-use products that last and last, even get softer over time. So whether you're picking presents for loved ones or office mates or making your own home a little homier, Brooklyn and has top quality coziness covered. We're talking robes. We are talking robes, blankets, and of course, those famous sheets. You know, I've got multiple sets of Brooklyn and sheets, and they are the only ones I put on my bed. With the Brooklyn and Rewards program, it literally pays to be comfy. You get points, discounts, and more with every purchase. Just sign up and start saving. It's really that easy. Curating a space that feels like home is no small feat, and Brooklyn and brings the ease to every step with quality and comfort that you can count on. So let the gifting begin, my friends. Go to brooklinen.com. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com. And use the promo code that sounds fun for $20 off and free shipping on orders of $100 or more. And I want to tell you about another one of our incredible partners, KiwiCo. Listen, KiwiCo knows a thing or two about delivering fun for all ages, and we are about that here at That Sounds Fun. KiwiCo is here to help you give awesome to the mini BFFs in your life. With a KiwiCo subscription, you're given so much more than a toy. They'll get a season of discovery and experiences delivered straight to their door. Each box is kid-approved by a crew of kid testers to ensure they're both age-appropriate and seriously fun. Okay, pro tip to all you grandparents and aunts and uncles out there, the gift of a KiwiCo subscription is not just for the kids. Their mom and dad will thank you over and over because KiwiCo does all the legwork. Quality supplies, all included, and easy to follow directions. So it's really all about spending quality time tackling projects together. Our COO, Ashley's mom, gifted her kids a KiwiCo subscription, and they say it is one of their best gifts they've ever gotten. The last one they worked on together was a felt succulent garden, and it turned out so cute. But the best part was how much fun they had being creative together. And with nine different subscription lines specially designed for different ages and interests. There's something for literally every kid. There's a koala crate for little bitties. Oh my gracious. And a yummy crate for elementary age chefs. The tinker crate for older kids with an engineering bent. Seriously, they've thought of everything and everybody. Give awesome this holiday season with KiwiCo. Get your first month of any crate line free at KiwiCo.com slash that sounds fun. That's your first month free at KiwiCo.com slash that that sounds fun. And now back to our conversation with Andy. Will you talk a little bit? I, I love the part where you wrote, I'm convinced a significant percentage of evangelicals would, in fact, disapprove of Jesus. He was too passive. He refused to fight back. And you say, I think evangelicals would like Pilate more than they like Jesus. <laughs> Will you just yeah. talk about that for a second? Yes. Well, Pilate was in it to win it, right? Yeah. Pilate was leveraging the power. And, and here's the thing, and this is a bigger topic that we can talk about today, maybe. But when you know, one, of the, one of the most famous interactions in the life or narratives in the life of Jesus was when he was taken up on the mountain and tempted by Satan. Yes. Think about this. One of Satan's temptations is he said, look, I will give you all the kingdoms of this world. And Jesus' response, my terminology, not his, was basically... I did not come for the current kingdoms of this world. Mm. I don't want them mm. because I have come to do something brand new. And the moment we leverage the tools and tactics, approach and posture of the kingdoms of this world, we have already lost regardless of what we win wow. because Jesus refused to even step into that arena. So what happens is, you know, when you get all bowed up on either side of the political aisles, like we're going to win, we're going to take America back, we're going to change America, or we're going to make America more progressive, whatever it is. As Christians, the moment that we put all of our eggs in the win it basket, that means somebody has to lose. And that moment, we should know, wait a minute, this is not the way of Jesus. And I, I've heard people say this in response to my message, Andy, 
hey, the time for patience and the time for love is over. This is, you know, wow. we got to we got to move beyond that. I'm like, yeah, you can go ahead and move beyond Jesus. Tell me in history where that has ever created anything good or unified or healthy or yeah. safe. And the answer yeah. is it never does. Mm-hmm. So the temptation is always to take a side and try to win. It's it's not intuitive. But come on. I th- over two thirds of the world worships in some way Jesus as Savior. Martin Luther King Jr., you know, we are not going to go the way of violence. He has a statue on the mall in yes. Washington, D.C. Yes. This is the way forward. And of course, the, you know, the pushback is, well, what if it doesn't work? I'm like, You're, it, this isn't about does it work? This is about following Jesus. And following yes. Jesus will make your life better It'll make you better at life. It'll make the world a better place. So we can't have it both ways. We can't be in it to win it. We have to be in it to follow Jesus. It's not passive. It's not passive because Jesus died covered in his own body fluids, right? Yeah. This is not passive. This is not weak. Yes. This is this is the ultimate strength because it's the ultimate decision to put other people first regardless. And that requires extraordinary character and self-control. So, And the on the other side of that is the cancel culture. Right. So what happens when you do that, when you stick with Mm -hmm. love is cancel culture comes around. And one of the things I I think this is if I this might be my next tattoo. Cancel culture lowers the IQ of the entire culture. And you do such a beautiful job. This is for everybody who's got the book. This is page 39. Because (laughs) you say we're no longer willing to listen to or learn from people who don't think like us. So Mm. how do we, we had a situation come up with work last week where we had to decide, is this someone pressuring us to be a part of cancel culture? Or is this us learning something we didn't know that needs us to change Mm -hmm. a behavior within our work? How do we stay away from cancel culture? And do I mean it's so you know tempting, what? right? Well, the the biggest criticism I get these days is people are so weird. They criticize. I still love Twitter. I know everybody hates Twitter, but I I I love Twitter. Yeah. I love Twitter because I can engage in conversations with people off back channel if they'll follow me, and yes. I do all the time. I give stuff away all the time. I learn things all the time. The biggest criticism I get these days is Andy, we're you know I can't follow you anymore. I can't trust you anymore because of who you follow on Twitter. Wow. And I get it from both sides. I'm like, how am I supposed to learn anything if I only follow people I already agree with? What kind of world is that? Again, if Jesus had had that perspective, you know, and and, and again, we have a term for it, cancel culture. But there this has been going on. I mean, I grew up Southern Baptist. Mm. Gosh, we canceled everybody. We canceled the Methodists, the Presbyterians, (laughs) certainly the Catholics. I mean, and they canceled. I mean, it's just it's, it's not new, but it's so again. Cancel culture ultimately lowers the IQ of the entire culture I because nobody that. can learn from anybody that? anymore. I feel yeah. that in oh, our culture that we are completely. dumber for not having yeah. discourse around things. I, I've I've only been invited into being canceled one and a half times so far, and my experience has been wait. Why can't we talk about this? Suddenly, I felt right. I, I just felt um, like no one trusted my intentions anymore. And right. that yep. that there was not an opportunity for anybody to learn. And they and they yeah. they as far as me, they wanted me to be different from what they were experiencing immediately before a book yeah. had time to get to my house from Amazon, much less me have time to read it. Yeah. And no, so, it's it's low trust, it's all or nothing, yes. it's party line. And if you if you leave any portion of the party line, you're compromising and I'm not sure I believe anything you say anymore. It's over. Yes. You can't win you can't yes. live that way. You can't stay married that way. Yeah. You can't raise children that way. You can't accomplish anything that way. And anyway. There's it's a phrase for it in it's the very, book. It's I'm, just immature. Yes. I'm sorry I didn't mark it. There's a phrase you write about in the book about where we take what someone believes or what someone says and we attribute it to their entire character. Yeah, yeah. It's a attribution error. It's a, mm-hmm. it's a, it's a, what do you call it? A, um, well, it's called fundamental attribution error. It's I'm late for work, but I'm late for work because I was taking care of the kids and I was being responsible. But when you're late for work, it's because, well, you just don't have a good work ethic and you just didn't wake up on time. Right. So fundamental attribution error, we just attribute to other people character issues, but we attribute to ourselves circumstantial issues. Yes. There was a lot of traffic or I had to take care of my, my sick puppy. So I'm not guilty because circumstances I couldn't avoid caused me to do something. But 
But when you don't measure up, it's it's a character issue. It's a fundamental attribution error. And again, smart people don't fall for that. Mm. Jesus followers shouldn't fall for that because Jesus didn't, you know, write, size people up and write people off. And the moment a Christian, a Christian sizes someone up or sizes a group up and writes them off, they're no longer following Jesus because mm. they would not want Jesus to have done that for them, and they don't want other people to do that yeah. for them. So, again, this is such Christianity 101. And, again, I'm not arguing for either side politically. I'm just saying, come on, Christians. We can, yeah. we can move things forward. We can solve problems if we won't. And, again— <laughs> Annie, I don't know how old you are. I'm not going to ask you. But <laughs> I don't I know mind. I'm, I'm 42. I'm, I'm 42. Now, yeah. Well, so, yeah. We've both lived long enough. Yeah. And you would think most adults have lived long enough that when we hit a political season to go, oh, there's that again. Yeah. I don't believe any of that. Everything's exaggerated. Everything's the sky is falling. And, of course, we should by now, and maybe this will be new information for some of your listeners, hopefully not, this is the way politics works. Yeah. You have to always appear to be losing, but with a little more money and votes, we might win. You can never afford to look like you're winning. You have mm-hmm. to always appear to be losing. And if we lose, if we lose, the sky is going to fall. Well, after you live long enough, it's like the sky isn't going to fall. Mm-hmm. The, we we as, a, as a culture, this is why the United States is so amazing. We ping pong or vacillate between two extremes that really aren't even extreme. Again, you mentioned Iran a few minutes ago. That's that. extreme. <laughs> yes. So the world, I mean, our Congress is split. Good. Our House of Representatives is split. Good. That's healthy. So we should just tune out the politicians that want to scare us and use fear tactics. We should just not even vote for them. It's like, nope, that's immature. You're treating my treating me like I'm an idiot and I'm not going to fall for it. I'm not I'm just not going to do that. G- give me information, but don't just sit up there and, and criticize the other person. That's 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 what we tell our children not yes. to do, right? Yes. So anyway, we just need to take all their phones away until, you know, the election's <laughs> right. over or something. That's right. It's newspapers only until the next presidential election yeah, we don't get go. anything in real time I don't, I everything don't. is the next yeah. morning <laughs> well what about this and this is kind of off subject as we get closer and closer to the election especially presidential but even midterm the size of the mailers get larger yes. and larger does this happen i mean yes. i mean they're just gigantic they're spending yeah. so much money i just think gosh but anyway again that's, I'm not trying to change the political system or how people run for office. It just seems to me Christians should be like, ah, we're not buying it. We're not falling yeah. for it. We're smarter than that, and we're following yeah. Jesus, and we're not going to hate anybody, and we're not going to let our rhetoric be determined by our political views. We're supposed right. to be submitted to the Holy Spirit. That would be love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, you know, self-control, mm-hmm. and um, loyalty, as I tell pastors— Loyalty is so unimportant, it didn't even make it as a fruit of the Spirit. Yes. That's how unimportant loyalty wow. is. Wow, so, Andy. Anyway. Right, because we, we bend over backwards for loyalty. I mean, that's one oh, of the things yeah, I've pay for learned it. in the last year is when you live for loyalty, you die when you lose it. It yeah. hurts more well, than you, you realize. Well, you start cheating. Yeah. 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 And so I want our friends listening. I think I want our friends listening. Like, I, I want us to be voters. I want us to be absolutely a part of the culture of the and part of politics because we can help shape some things by how we vote. Right. So what's your advice on as we're sorting out? I'm going to go vote this way. Do, do we need to mm-hmm. tell everybody how we're voting? Is that part of the system or do we just vote well, and keep it to ourselves? I'm glad you brought this up, Annie. So, again, things I've told our church through the years. Absolutely, you should vote. You should get involved politically. You should run for local office. Our, I, I don't, I don't want to name names, but so many um, high-level Georgia uh, politicians yes. or people who run for office or hold office attend one of our churches, and two of them, when they tell their story— Say they were listening to me preach a sermon and they realized I need to, instead of just sitting around complaining, I need to do something. And they actually ran for office and have have helped our state make great gains. So absolutely we should be involved. But here's the differentiator. And this is, I didn't talk about this in the book because, you know, I needed to get the book out. Yeah. And I don't know how well I explained this, so I'll give it a shot. 
if you think about it in terms of three lanes, Jesus operated in two of three lanes. Jesus called out anything that hurt other people. That's what how he defined mm-hmm. sin. Mm-hmm. Christians don't define sin by breaking the Ten Commandments. Christians define sin by anything that is not loving another person the way that God through Christ loved us. Wow. So he always called out behavior that hurt other people. Then he turned right around and comforted the people who had been hurt and comforted the people who repented of their sin. Those are two lanes. The lane he never got in is public policy. In other words, here's how to address the system or change the system, and here's why he didn't do it. Because whatever Jesus would have said in the first century to step into that specific lane would have been outdated within 100 to 200 years. And what we would have done is we would have done with that teaching of Jesus the same thing Christians have done with the Old Testament law and tried to update it and bring it into modern times and sort of, you know, tweak it and decide it's still applicable. So Jesus wisely says, you know what? I'm going to call out sin wherever I see it. I'm going to call out people hurting other people regardless of who they are. Mm -hmm. And I'm going to comfort the people who have been hurt. I'm going to come along beside them. And I'm going to come along and support the people who are facing the consequences of their sin. But I am not going to try to address the system that creates the problems. So as the church, those are the two lanes we operate in. We call out things that hurt other people. Mm -hmm. We comfort people who have been hurt. And we support people who are reaping the consequences of their own sin. We don't shame them. Jesus saves the woman who was committed adultery and says, you know, leave your life of sin. So when the church is bold in those two lanes, the world is a better place. When we step out of one of those two into that center lane where we're going to determine public policy in the name of Jesus, I don't mean we don't vote. I don't mean we don't run for office. But the moment, to your point earlier in this discussion, the moment we put the name of Jesus or sign God's name to something that he never signed to begin with, we are out of bounds and we have diminished ourselves. We've become a tool. We've become a constituency. We've become just another voting block. And we lose the opportunity to be the conscience of the nation. Wow. And that is our... That is our invitation from Jesus if we do this right. We could actually be the conscious yeah. of the nation if we're taking care yes. of the other lanes. Right. Yes. Right. And wow, I Andy. as a regardless of which side I vote on, I can call out the error in my party mm-hmm. and call out the error in the other party. But the mm-hmm. problem is things are so divided now. It's like it's, if you break ranks, nobody's going to listen to you anymore. Yes. Well, yes. you know what? Tony Evans, when I was in seminary, believe it or not, Tony Evans was a professor at DTS, yeah. Dallas Theological Seminary, when I was there. And I'll wow. never forget something he said. He was talking about kind of our, the version of this way back, you know, like so many years ago. He said, but he said it way better than this. He said, Jesus did not come to take sides. Jesus came to take over. Wow. I've never forgotten that. Yes. Jesus. So he established something brand new, a brand new ethic, a brand new kingdom. And it's, it's our ultimate allegiance. So anyway. Hey, friends, just interrupting one more time to tell you about another amazing partner, Chime. Okay, be honest. What's the very first thing you do when you wake up? Is it checking on your credit score? No, please, no, me either. Your credit score doesn't need to be the first thing on your mind, but it should be on someone's mind, right? At Chime, they're constantly thinking about building your credit score. With their secured Chime Credit Builder Visa credit card, you can start to build credit with your own money. Chime reports your payments to credit bureaus to help you build credit over time. Their members see an increase of 30 points on average, you guys. All of this with no annual fees, large security deposits, or credit checks to apply. So start your credit journey with Chime. Sign up takes only two minutes and doesn't affect your credit score. Get started at chime.com slash that sounds fun. That's chime.com slash that sounds fun. The Chime credit card builder Visa credit card is issued by Stride Bank NA pursuant to a license from Visa USA, Chime checking account, and a $200 qualifying direct deposit required to apply for the secured Chime credit builder Visa credit card. Regular on-time payment history can have a positive impact on your credit score. Impact to score may vary, and some use or scores may not improve. Out-of-network ATM withdrawal fees may apply except at MoneyPass ATMs in a 7-Eleven or any AllPoint or Visa Plus Alliance ATM. 
And I want to tell you about one more incredible partner, Stamps.com. Stamps.com is all about keeping the holiday season merry and bright, especially for small businesses like us and y'all not full of dread about having to slog through traffic to the post office or rushing to send cards and gifts to your loyal clients and then waiting in line instead of spending time with the people that you love. It's not too late to get your holiday mailing and shipping under control with Stamps.com. Sign up now and you'll be printing your own postage in minutes. For more than 20 years, Stamps.com has been indispensable for over a million businesses. You get access to the USPS and UPS services you need to run your business right from your computer. No lines, no traffic, no hassle, and you can even save money with the major discounts on USPS and UPS shipping rates up to 86% off, you guys. It's a stress-free solution for every small business. Just use stamps.com to print postage wherever you do business. All you need is a computer and a printer. And if you need package pickup, you can easily schedule it through your stamps.com dashboard. Rates are constantly changing, y'all. And with stamps.com switch and save feature, you can easily compare carriers and rates. So you know you're getting the best deal every time. And if you're running an online store, stamps.com works seamlessly with all major shopping carts and marketplaces. This holiday season, trade late nights for silent nights and get started with stamps.com today. Sign up with the promo code that sounds fun for a special offer that includes a four week trial plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long term commitments or contracts. Just go to stamps.com, click on on the microphone at the top of the page and enter the code that sounds fun. And now back to finish up our conversation with Pastor Andy. Yeah, one of the things you said here that I'd love us to, I mean, this is the way forward. You say there is no middle ground, but if we're unwilling to compromise politically, we will compromise our faith eventually. So always, how do we do that? Let's let's think forward. Help us think about this midterm election this week, moving mm-hmm. into another presidential cycle, and yep. our local things. I mean, we talked about this a lot four years ago. Where we were like, get involved locally, get involved locally. Yeah. But yeah. what does it look like to do this well? What does it look like to do this mm-hmm. well? It okay. It begins with this. It begins every day realizing that we have far more in common with every other person on the planet than uncommon mm. way more yes. common the, the differentiators are are minuscule the easiest way to understand that is to think about our shared values the conversations and relationships always rotate or or circulate around shared values so we already have so much in common with every other person yes that's the beginning it's shared values everybody except you know i guess crazy people i don't mean Clinically crazy, I mean just people who you just think, what are they even talking about? Most people believe that what's best for people is what's best. Mm. We disagree about what's best for people, but we agree that whatever's best for people, (laughs) for human beings, that is what's best. Well, that's enough common ground that even when we divide for a moment politically to go vote, we come back together to solve problems. So everybody should vote. There are no perfect parties there never right. will be right and we never compromise our character our relationships our language our testimony our influence for the sake of politics because right. it comes and it goes and there are political parties that don't even exist anymore right. so it's really a matter of seeking first the kingdom of god then holding our nose and voting and the way i say it to our church is i want you to vote your law of christ informed conscience wow. you vote your law of christ informed conscience the law of christ is this you are to love one another the way that i have loved you it's not the golden rule it's the platinum rule mm. you are to love one another so however you understand the values and the policies of your the two parties that in your estimation best represent the law of christ and it's not going to be perfect vote Mm -hmm. but don't allow your vote to divide you from real life people because again we're christians so you get involved do the best you can and understand that politics is a game of compromise Mm -hmm. the the other thing i would throw in real quickly i had an opportunity to get out of the georgia house and um talk to um, the senate and the the house for georgia and the thing that was so encouraging to me was after I spoke, they would come up and people would want to say hi. They came up mostly in pairs. Hey, Andy, I'm a Republican. This is my Democratic oh, you wow. know, um, competition, but we're friends. I mean, I mean, it was so encouraging because at the state level, and I think this is true 
in most st- state at state level and at the national level it just doesn't get any attention That's because right. good news never gets attention right. you, nobody cares how many planes landed safely we want to out the one that you know had an emergency landing right so most republicans democrats know they have to work together to get anything done yes. and most of them do mm-hmm. But it's the people that gen up the extremes that make us think, oh, the world is coming apart. There's so much division. But in the state of Georgia, and I'm, I bet this is true in, in most state houses, there was so much cooperation, even though there was disagreement around what's best for people. But at the end of the day, they wanted the same thing. What's best for Georgians? And I'm sure that's true in Tennessee, North Carolina, you know, California, all over the country. So. That, you know, that was encouraging to me. And being up close, you write about in the book about Jesus washing the disciples' feet. And when you wash someone's feet, when you're that close, it is hard to hate somebody when you're up that close. You can't wash people's feet from a distance. Yes. Yes. And the fact that Jesus did that, even though there was so much division in that room, took away all their excuses. And then he says to them, and he says to you, and he says to me, I want you to wash each other's feet. Yeah. That means you got to get close. Yes. You got to get dirty. That's how you carry each other's mm-hmm. burdens. That's how you solve problems. Yeah. That's how the church stays unified in the midst of division. So it can be done. So let's it's do it. It's why we got to follow people we don't agree with and listen to them, yeah. read books by them. Because yeah. I, I think the other thing that's been lost, I, I some of the pushback I get at times is about a guest I'll have on the podcast where someone will say, well, I don't agree with that thing they said. You shouldn't have had them on. And and I, we've lost the ability to eat the meat and spit out the bones. We've lost the ability to be, it feels like, culture has said, mm-hmm. do not agree with some of them unless you agree with all yeah. of who they are. Right. And the closer you get yeah. to people, I mean, I don't agree with me all the time. So right. <laughs> the closer you get to people, well, the harder it is to cancel them all the way. The way I say it is if you suddenly forgot everything you've learned, from an imperfect person. If you suddenly forgot everything you've learned from an imperfect person, you would forget everything you know, including your name. So that bar is too high. We can't live that way. So come on, you know, just, you know, agree to disagree. And before you push back, just admit, you know what? I may be wrong about this. I I may have something to learn. And for some reason, well, I understand it's a big topic. Christians, because of our dogmatism, especially conservative Christians, we are so quick Mm -hmm. to just throw up the walls. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes out of fear Mm -hmm. of losing our religion or fear of losing our faith, which... Our power. Another topic for another day. Uh, Or, yeah. Ultimately, it does come down to power, I'm afraid. Yes. And And that's why Jesus said, Satan, I'm not interested in the kingdoms of this world. Don't want it. Not why I'm here. Going to do something better. Yes. If you, uh, to all of our friends listening, and this is a goal for myself too, if we'll just read a little bit of the gospels every day and then go and live, it is much harder to be real spicy on the internet when you've started the day in the gospels. It's just a lot harder for me. Absolutely. Okay. What did we not say that you want to make sure we cover? Is anything we left out? I just, you know, you have such a fabulous audience, such a large audience. We can do this. Yes. Uh, regardless of which side of the aisle you, you fall on issues, policies, vote your, you know, Christ, and, you know, law of Christ informed conscience, and then love one another. Yes. The way I say it to our congregation all the time is look, when you don't know what to say or do, you ask what love requires of you. When you're not sure what to say or do, you ask what does love require of you? That's the gospel. That's Jesus' new yes. covenant marching orders. That's the way forward. And that's the way problems are solved. Yes. This feels like, not in it to win it, as I was reading it, I thought this is the guidebook. This is the guidebook for the next season of us going through political things is if we will all just take wow. an hour and a half and read this and then go, okay, what does it look like to love like Jesus and to still vote my law of Christ-informed conscience and then love? Mm-hmm. It is hard. Both sides think it's really hard to love because the other people, especially as Christians, the other people are not behaving, quote, like Jesus. And we just got to, we got to get past that. We got to get past that. I have so many feels about this. Okay, Andy, (laughs) I got to tell you, this is a left turn, but I can't let you go without doing it. The last question we always ask is because Uh the show is called That Sounds Fun, what is more fun than politics and faith? But because the show is called That Sounds Fun, tell me what y'all do for fun. What sounds fun to you? Uh, Well, we um, have a lake house that we bought a few years ago, 
and I love to get our family out on the lake. Yes. And uh, as a you know as a pastor, weekends are not my free time, so that yeah. was just never a thing for us when the kids were young. And a few years ago, I decided, you know what. We're we're gonna figure this out. Yeah. So I love to be with our I love to be with my family. Um, like I have three married kids, yeah. about to have our first grandchild, and um, when I'm with them, whether we're eating or just messing around or fixing something, yeah. Uh, pure joy, yeah. pure joy. So I don't have any hobbies really, which I keep thinking I need a hobby, but <laughs> um, I love to read, but that's isolated. And I love yeah. to write, I'm isolated. But in terms of what's fun, just put me with one of my kids yeah. or me and Sandra, or any combination and just love it. People are always looking to read parenting books by people who have adults that still love their kids and then the kids still love the parents, right? So I'm glad y'all yeah. have that book coming out in January to kind yeah. of help you. Yeah, know, so yeah, many of our friends listening have teenagers and younger. And so they're going, where are parents who have adults that I want my kids to be like, right? So, and your yep. son, Andrew yeah, Stanley, I, is yeah, one of my people. I love that guy. So ah, he is so funny. He's so funny. He is so funny. Yeah. Well, I'm just, I can't thank you enough for doing this today and for helping lead us when it has cost you. And that is not lost on me. So thank you for leading us in a way that's really cost you, but is helping us be like Jesus. Thank you, Annie. Grateful. Y'all, isn't he the best? I'm just so thankful for Pastor Andy, for his honesty, for how much time and energy and effort and thinking he's put into this. I hope, 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 hope that we are a group of friends who can agree on most things, even if we disagree on some things, and that we can choose friendship and relationship over politics while all that is important. I mean, I'm with you. There are things that are really important to me when it comes to voting this week and in the future, but friends matter more. Friends matter more, y'all. So grab a copy of his book, Not In It to Win It. Truly, it is such a resource. I feel like, like I told him, and I'm telling you, it's a handbook. It's a handbook for this season. So grab a copy of his book, go out and vote. Be sure to follow Andy Stanley on social media. Tell him thank you so much for being on the show. The more kindness you can show Pastor Andy, the better, because there are a lot of people who are choosing the opposite. So let us be a group of friends where even if we don't agree with everything a guest says, we are thankful for their time. So if you get a chance to reach out to Andy on um, social media, he talked about Twitter. I think it'd be really kind of you to tell him thanks. If you need anything else from me, you know I'm embarrassingly easy to find. Annie F. Downs on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, all the places you may need me. That's how you can find me. And I think that's it for me today, friends. Go out or stay home and do something that sounds fun to you. And I will do the same. But today, what sounds fun to me is voting for real. I love it. I think I have a special t-shirt I wear. I can't wait. (laughs) I love voting. I love it. I love it. I love it. I get teary singing the Sister Suffragette song from Mary Poppins when I vote. So just know that is the level. That's the level you're working here with AFD. That's how much I love voting. So y'all have a great day. We'll see you back here on Thursday commemorating Veterans Day with Evan and Jenny Owens. Y'all are going to love their story and love this episode. So we will see y'all then.